Hi, my name is Maria Lema. I'm a co-founder of Weaver Labs. Network disaggregation is not only happening at a software level, but also we are seeing it from the perspective of how networks are built. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Maria. Welcome on the podcast. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for being here. What is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? <laughs> I found that question so interesting when uh, when I read it. And, and also, like, I've been listening to some of your episodes, and I find it quite interesting, the diverse set of, of answers that, that you get. It's the first time I get asked this question uh, and I had to think about it, to be honest. I think the moment that it's, the, I don't know, the word empowerment, I think it's it's quite strong, but I would say that the moment where I feel more comfortable being a woman doing what I do or or that I prefer to be a woman is, is in leadership. I think women, we're natural leaders. Um, we, we work through community building really nicely. Um, we, we have empathy. We have good understanding, listening, essentially because of, I, I guess, biology has made us, you know, these, these kind of like comforting humans that we need to make everyone feel close and nurtured and that they, that sense of belonging. And I feel that comes really natural in teams and team building and, and being able to have the entire company united um and it it i think that is because i'm a woman right and and i can see it with my male counterparts that sometimes it's it they, they seek for that in 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 often moments of 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 distress or when where we need to come together they look at me for for that right it's not that you know it's always easy right because sometimes that can be also a serious that that can open up a series of problems being a woman right because then you know when you go and face investors they just don't think you have the assertiveness or um they just don't think you're determined enough or or things that uh, often women's we face women we face uh, in leadership positions but i think overall i'm quite happy to be a woman in leadership yeah i can certainly see how that is empowering being able to bring a sense of of understanding to a leadership role but also holding your teammates accountable and making sure they get the job done at the same time so thank you for sharing All right so today's conversation kind of centers around a, a buzzword um, which is disaggregation specifically network disaggregation i hear it a lot but i thought we could start maybe with you defining network disaggregation uh, for me, but then also telling me if this disaggregation is occurring on all levels of the network, or is there kind of a focus on some over others? And if so, why? So I like to explain disaggregation as kind of like, you know, in, in very simple words, it's just breaking a monolithic model, right? Um, for those who are not familiar with networks and how they are built and you know that and how complex they are sometimes network disaggregation doesn't mean anything to them 
But for us who have been working with networks for a very long time and we understand how they are constructed and how they are a result of different bits and pieces that we put together, um, disaggregation actually means a lot because they would naturally be disaggregated in the concept, right? Networks are a combination of different elements, which are software, hardware, um, and, and you know, some physical components that we have in, in the streets or in, in, in real estate. So it, it is naturally kind of like different parts that we put together. But what we are talking about network disaggregation nowadays is that it's that that part that would largely sit in the network vendors, which is those who, those who build the logic of the network, the software, we are just breaking it apart and breaking that monolithic approach where one vendor would just build your entire solution and we, you would just put it in, 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 your, um, in your infrastructure and that's it. We're just now breaking it up and trying to uh, convert that in pieces of software that are able to talk to each other. How do things like network virtualization and public cloud, two other kind of buzzwords floating around right now, how do those two things fit into uh, network disaggregation? I mean, and I just forgot that uh, I forgot to answer a part of your question before, which was how, like, if it's happening, you know, in every part of the network and links nicely to this to this software question that you're asking. So. For one part of network disaggregation, network function virtualization uh, and cloud in general, it's essential. Because what we can do right with that is we can look at microservice architectures, we can look at open architectures based on you know, client service, API models, uh, where it makes everything so much easier to communicate, right? So essentially, without NFV or, or you know, without without standardizing, how do we package network functions and we put it into the infrastructure and how are they deployed and how are they managed, which is like this whole realm of you know Etsy NFV that it's happening in the industry. Without that, it would be very difficult to drive disaggregation into mainstream. We could potentially talk about it, but it would be difficult that it's adopted in the market. But that's that's regarding like in the concept of 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 this you know network functions and and how do we create a network service as a combination of different elements right that are disaggregated. But the other elements that I think that NFV or or the whole you know management and orchestration and and software can can come into play, which is probably less seen in network disaggregation, is the fact of integrating infrastructure. So. Network disaggregation is not only happening at a software level or breaking that monolithic approach of end-to-end -end networks, but also we are seeing it from the perspective of how networks are built. So up until now, we would have looked at mobile network operator and we would have said, okay, so it's your job to go and build the entire network so that, that everyone can communicate. But since the investment models are no longer justified the way they were, uh, or you know there are other specialized use cases that require networking, and which you know the narrative started with 5G, but now it's it's a much more broad discussion and and has led to the concept of private networks. We see that 
there are more and more solutions at, that are coming, you know, solutions in terms of networks that are being built by other stakeholders that are not necessarily the mobile network operator or the classic service provider. So there is where software, cloud, and, and you know, management and orchestration tools can come into play and, and facilitate the integration of those, of those assets through, you know, instantiation and creation of network services, uh, managing security and, and so on and so forth. So the fact that networks are disaggregated, it's kind of like creating a boost in innovation in software. Um, which is great because that's what we need in networks right now because more more, more and more people are, are trying to get into the space uh, for which without that software element, it, it would be impossible. We would be still, you know, how we were doing things back in 2000. So it's essential, I would say. You mentioned security very briefly. You also talked about inviting more vendors into this space. And then if you have a more open network, you might have multiple vendors on this network where previously you may have just had one or two. Does that change the security concerns? Because now it's a little bit like, okay, well, who's responsible for ensuring the network is secure end to end if you have multiple vendors at, at different points of the network? So has that at changed how we're approaching security at all? And if so, how? It's a, it's a really interesting question and I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that people are now more concerned about security, maybe through because of the disaggregation and the appearance of, of more vendors or maybe because we are seeing how it's a massive problem if, if we have uh, an, an attack and the disruption and the economic impact that that can have in any organization. Um, but in terms of how disaggregation or the, you know, integration of different network elements or vendors can impact, of course, it, th there is more risks and you're open to more threats because of you, you have different network elements or, or pieces of software communicating to each other, which opens up more vulnerabilities. But the thing is that before we would have security by obscurity, right? You would just... If, if you go and you buy a, an entire uh, solution by a one vendor, you would say, okay, this is secure. Well, I don't know really, because I've never seen uh, a report or, or you know, any sort of risk analysis that would tell me how secure they are or not. I would just blind, I would have to blindly believe that they are. And because everything is, 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 is packaged in there, is contained, we assume that we have less threats. However, this does not prevent the inheritance of security from one organization to another, right? The thing is that probably now we are inheriting more from others, right? And, and if, if I have a network with five different vendors, then I am inheriting security from five different organizations, uh, which becomes a bit more complex to manage. But the fact that we were assuming that security existed before doesn't mean that now the risk is higher, right? It's just that now we are just looking at it, whereas before we were not so much looking at it in telecoms, which is crazy, right? That we were not, but but we weren't. <laughs> That's a really good point that I never really thought about because this question kind of assumes that security was something we were we were very concerned with before. Something else you kind of mentioned very briefly was how network disaggregation is 
changing the landscape a little bit in terms of who's providing what. So how would you say that the move towards disaggregated networks is impacting telecoms business models? I think it's where all the fun is beginning, right? I think it's it it's what it's making telecoms really fun and 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 such an interesting space to 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 innovate and 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 to be part of. I, I don't know, like I've been part of telecom since 3G and I I haven't had so much fun in it since uh, uh, like you know with the appearance of of 5G and all these these new cool things that are happening. So Think about it, hyperscalers. Why do they have a role in here? Well, because they have succeeded in software. They were created to support applications. They are very good at building platforms. And essentially platforms are a mix and match of pieces of software that come together. They don't need to build an entire platform for your use case. They build a platform that satisfies your use case and any other use case. So they just naturally went and said, hey, about what we can do that. We can do what telcos are doing or, or, or think they can. Um, and, 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 you know, it changed the business model all of a sudden. You know, you have AWS providing um, private cloud offering. You have Azure providing edge cloud offering and, and stuff like that, which I think it's, it, 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 it puts a race in the, in the industry of saying, oh, my God, who's going to win this? And then within the classic telcos, the business model discussion is, is, to me, one of the most interesting ones. And how can we leverage technology to actually innovate on the commercial offering? So the fact that now we are able to provide platforms, it, it can make, you know, the, um, the mobile network operators or the service providers to be concentrated in providing intelligent connectivity, dynamic SLAs, edge-centric solutions so we can be a lot more versatile and flexible in how we provide services and of course one thing that we vouch a lot from from Weaver Labs which is network as a service models right I don't need long conversations I just want this now I log into a web portal and I access it and that's it so I think as a service models are better accepted by the consumer and allow the telco to scale. And, and I believe there is where we are going towards. We are moving from, you know, very little number of, of, of mobile network operators over a very much controlled infrastructure to a world that there are going to be hundreds of mobile network operators or service providers operating over a combination of you know, license, unlicensed spectrum or shared spectrum, you know, in the US with CBRS, the UK with a shared spectrum and, and many other examples, attending more specialized use cases. So it, it is a lot more interesting and, 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 and changing. I don't think there is an answer yet on how it's going to look like, but definitely it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. And, and it's definitely changed a lot in the last two years. And let's see how it evolves, right? I always appreciate when someone uh, who's really familiar with the industry is, has been in the industry for a long time, kind of explains how exciting and different things are now than they used to be because I didn't start working in the telecom space. It was like three years ago. So 5G was already very much a thing. And so I can 
forget that this is a notably exciting time in yeah in connectivity and in telecom so it's always really nice to hear someone who who does remember you know before 5g and what that was like and how how different this really is in a lot of ways and how exciting it is so maria thank you so much for coming on the show well thank you for having me this has been like super super interesting to discuss with you Well Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.